Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is July 26th. On July 26, 1931, a swarm of grasshoppers descended on crops throughout American heartland, devastating millions of acres. Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota, already in the midst of a bad drought, suffered tremendously from this disaster. Since the very beginning of agriculture, people have struggled to prevent insects from eating their crops. Locusts and grasshoppers, insect cousins, are among the most feared pests. A plague of these insects can occur when conditions cause their populations to suddenly explode. Usually this happens under drought or very dry conditions, since their egg pods are vulnerable to fungus and wet soil. When the soil is very dry, swarms can develop. Professor Jeff Lockwood of Wyoming describes being in a swarm as follows. They explode from beneath your feet. There's sort of a rolling wave that forms out of it in front of you. They hit up against your body and cling to your clothes. It's almost like being immersed in a gigantic living being. In July 31, 1931, the swarm was said to be so thick that it blocked out the sun and one could shovel the grasshoppers with a scoop. Corn stalks were eaten to the ground and fields left completely bare. Since the early 1930s, swarms have not been seen in the United States. However, North Africa and parts of the Middle East continue to experience problems with insect swarms, which sometimes include as many as 1 billion bugs. And then on this date in 1989, Robert Tappan Morris the son of a famous Bell Labs cryptographer, was indicted on his release of a computer virus that became known as the Morris Worm. He released it through the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Morris stated that his intent was to demonstrate the inadequacies of current security measures on computer networks by exploiting the security defects he had discovered. The worm would slow down computer operations to the point of being unusable. Morris had remarkably remarkable success within four, 24 hours as the worm disabled approximately 10% of the computers connected to the internet for as long as 72 hours, including computers belonging to universities including UC Berkeley, Harvard, Johns Hopkins, MIT, Princeton, and Stanford, as well as Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, NASA, and the Pentagon, among many others, and stayed infected for almost 72 hours. The Government Accountability Office put the cost of the damage as between $100,000 to $10 million. And then on this day, Morris became the first person indicted under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. He was convicted and sentenced to three years of probation plus 400 hours of community service and a $10,050 fine. Morris's conviction was upheld on appeal. As the FBI explains, the episode had a huge impact on a nation just coming to grips with how important and vulnerable computers had become. The idea of cybersecurity became something computer users began to take more seriously. Just days after the attack, for example, the country's first computer emergency response team was created in Pittsburgh at the direction of the Department of Defense. Developers also began creating much-needed computer intrusion detection software. At the same time, the Morris Worm inspired a new generation of hackers and a wave of internet-driven assaults that continue to plague our digital systems to this day. Whether accidental or not, the first internet attack 30 years ago was a wake-up call for the country and the cyber age to come. 
As for Morris, he went on to get a PhD in philosophy in applied sciences from Harvard. Ironically, he joined the MIT faculty in 1999 and is now a tenured professor in electrical engineering and computer science. In 1995, Morris co-founded ViaWeb, a startup that made software for building online stores that Yahoo purchased for $49 million and rebranded as Yahoo Store. A decade later, he co-founded Y Combinator, which has launched over 2,000 companies having a combined valuation of over $155 billion, including Airbnb, Automation, DoorDash, Dropbox, Instacart, Stripe, and Twitch. And finally, on this day in 1775, the U.S. Postal System was established by the Second Continental Congress with Benjamin Franklin as its first postmaster general. Franklin put in place the foundation for many aspects of today's mail system. During early colonial times in the 1600s, few American colonists needed to send mail to each other. It was more likely that the correspondence was letter writers in Britain. Mail deliveries from across the Atlantic were sporadic and could take many months to arrive. There were no post offices in the colonies, so mail was typically left at inns and taverns. In 1753, Benjamin Franklin, who had been postmaster of Philadelphia, became one of two joint postmasters general for the colonies. He made numerous improvements to the mail system, including setting up new, more efficient colonial routes and cutting delivery time in half between Philadelphia and New York by having the weekly mail wagon travel both day and night via relay teams. Franklin also debuted the first rate chart, which standardized delivery costs based on distance and weight. In 1774, the British fired Franklin from his postmaster job because of his revolutionary activities. However, the following year, he was appointed postmaster general of the United Colonies by the Continental Congress. Franklin had held the job until late 1776 when he was sent to France as a diplomat. He left a vastly improved mail system with routes from Florida to Maine and regular service between the colonies and Britain. President George Washington appointed Samuel Osgood a former Massachusetts congressman, as the first postmaster general of the American nation under the new U.S. Constitution in 1789. At the time, there were approximately 75 post offices in the country. Today, the U.S. United States has over 40,000 post offices, and the Postal Service delivers 212 billion pieces of mail each year to over 144 million homes and businesses in the United States, Puerto Rico, Guam, and the American Virgin Islands and American Samoa. The Postal Service is the nation's largest civilian employer with over 700,000 career workers who handle more than 44% of the world's cards and letters. The Postal Service is a not-for-profit, self-supporting agency that covers its expenses through postage, stamp use in the United States started in 1847, and related products. The Postal Service gets the mail delivered, rain or shine, using everything from planes to mules. However, it's not cheap. The U.S. Postal Service says that when fuel costs go up by just one penny, its own costs rise by $8 million. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Grasshopper Swarms in 1931 at History.com 1989 student indicted for cheating or creating a computer virus at ilccyberreport.wordpress.com and the U.S. Postal Service system established at heraldchronicle.com. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.